away. Better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, we are back. Monday's experts. We need to be experts today because there's plenty going on in the NRL, Jared. We are without Woody. We're without Barnsey. They're both coaching. Um, caught up with Barnsey very quickly yesterday. He's only he's only been back for uh, pretty much an afternoon in between. He's now going into his third camp with the Wallabies um, up at Century Cove. Um, they're working really hard. So really interesting to see how the... Uh, how the rollout of those results under Eddie go. Um, welcome, Jared. G'day, Steve. Um, well, I guess at some stage the uh, podcast management are going to have to deal with the request that uh, Woody's put in for a release uh, <laughs> mid-season. Oh, dear. Uh, what's his contract value? Who will he benefit? Yeah, I don't know. Where will we trade him to? What is he worth? I don't, he's, he's definitely probably the most valuable person on the podcast. I'm not sure why, but... Um, well, there, there might be a West Tigers or a New South Wales Blues podcast out there that's um, looking to boost their stock. Yeah, well, they can sign Woody. Give me a call and we I reckon by maybe midday we'll have a deal done just like Ben Hunt. How big a, a farce is this? Absolutely farcical. And seriously, um, where is the executive management that is running the game that has any idea about what they're doing? Well, we, we, we know where we know where they are. PVL is at Ascot. I yep. heard I heard him interviewed very early this morning. I, I mean, it's. Yep. I, I mean, we are sitting here nearly the start of July. We have no CBA agreement. Um, yep. Everybody out there knows that listens to this podcast. I am an absolute mad dragon supporter. Um, I, I, I do not have any problem with Ben Hunt leaving, but I do have a big problem with just how the game sees it. I mean, you and yep. I have spoken off the podcast about the debacle. If, if he is released to go to the Broncos right now and totally understand Flanagan will want to come in and reshape his roster and he's probably got the best part of a, you know, a million or 1.2 or whatever he's being, you know, being paid to, you know, start to go to work on reshaping it. I mean, the Broncos for, what, the back end of roughly a third of the season – will be getting a million, $1.2 million player into their cap that is going to benefit the Broncos. It's just an absolute farce. Absolutely it is. Absolutely is. We, we saw this happen with Pangai Jr. Uh, when he went to the Panthers before he then went across to the Bulldogs. Uh, it's a, a national player value going to a, a, a team prior to a semi-final run and it, it, it's just farcical. Uh, sure, if there's a release, release him at the end of the season. And then between now and then, even if he wants to sit it out, sit him on the sideline. But allowing a team that sits at the top of the table 
to pick up a player who's got a nominal value of about a million dollars a season for the last five games of the season and then the semi-finals, and then he's not even staying there, it'll just be a departure lounge while he then moves uh, logically to the Titans. Yet, in the semi-finals, the Broncos will have the benefit of a million-dollar player in their list that they didn't have to pay a million dollars for. Completely lopsided advantage, completely lopsided salary cap. Um, it's just completely farcical. Well, and and, Absolutely and, 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 let's, and you can... I think everybody's probably working out why the Players Association can't do a deal with the game on a CBA agreement because this sort of stuff is just absolute amateur hour yet again. So the first thing, so apparently you can't negotiate with players when they're under contract until a certain date, which I think is November each year. So Ben, ben Hunt is under contract. So how is a deal being done firstly with the, with the Broncos and the Titans where his management have agreed? So obviously people are talking, quite obviously, so that's the first thing. The game looks into it, does nothing about it, just, you know, sars along. Um, secondly, let's just get out of the, you know, the amateur days of contract negotiations um, and putting contracts in place and actually have, you know, an EPL, an NFL, an NBA set up where you actually have formal dates for mid-season, end-of-season trade windows. And then we won't run yep. into this crap. 100%. And, and what everybody's missing is... It's the actual fans that pay for the game. Yeah. The, the, the fans, the television ratings, their attendance, the games, um, buying the apparel, everything the fans do drives what the game is. And you tell me how the fans feel about this. I can tell you, we're just watching the discussion everywhere. Um, you know, forget the Broncos, forget the Titans, forget the Dragons. All of the others watching on are saying, this could happen to us. It's wrong. They absolutely hate it. It stinks to high heaven. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, we're just devoid of leadership when it comes to this this type of issue. It's been a real blight on the game for some time. Um, throw that in with the lopsided draw. Um, I don't know, the game's got a lot of work. It's got a lot of work to do to, to actually even out a professional playing field for all clubs. Um, and, and Stephen, my, my understanding on the CBA is the reason it hasn't been done in a final agreement uh, ratified is that both parties cannot come to agreement on how player managers need to be policed. Right? And the NRL won't buckle to what I believe are the right demands by the Players Association about how these blokes are managed or policed. Now, you know, for those listeners who are not aware, I mean, you and I have been involved as player managers in the past. Yep. Uh, and NRL player managers. So we, we know the landscape. We know what's out there. We know how it works. And as you, the point you just touched on is exactly the sticking point that the Players Association are arguing about, that there has been no doubt that there's been tampering for the last six or eight weeks with Ben Hunt. Well, and why, that's why, agitated well, to why, where we are now. Well, just on that, why is Ben Hunt going to come out in origin camp and say, I'm done? I've asked for a lease, I'm leaving the Dragons, unless there has been negotiation and agitation um, at the other end by his manager and all the rest of it, to have deals that, are, that have been tabled, sitting on the table, ready for him to put his paw print on. Of course Correct. it is. I mean, we're, we're, we don't live under bloody mushrooms. Like, the, the NRA, it's just ridiculous. Well, and the two clubs that led all of that agitation are based in Sydney. 
And the Titans didn't come into the frame until it became clear that he wouldn't be released to a Sydney club. And so that's when it was flavoured up with, I want to go back to Queensland. And there are are other genuine reasons in the in the background about why he does want to go back to Queensland. I totally get all to that. I, I get all that. And I think he's put his his heart and soul into the Dragons and I thank him for that. But it's not it's not Ben Hunt. It's just what no. he, it's, it's it's Ben Hunt and, and his management are being what they're being allowed to do because the game don't police this absolute utter rubbish. If 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 the release date was the first of November, we wouldn't be having this whole exactly. circus. Exactly, and um, you know, and then you've got, you know, you've just got this shroud of mystery, you know, with everybody potentially involved where he might pop up. You know, Kevy Walters sitting there saying, "Oh, we've had no discussions." Like, fuck off, Kevy. Like, dead set. If he's going to go there till the end of the year, of course you've had a conversation with him. Correct. Like, it's absolute crap. Right. I will. Let, well, and it, yeah. yeah let, let, let's get into the review, Jared. We don't have to spend too much time talking about the Dragons getting belted by the Warriors. Um, at home, um, really lacklustre performance by the Dragons. Defence was non-existent. Um, you would have thought that maybe they might pop up with a reasonable performance down at Wynn for uh, Jack DeBellin's 200th game. That wasn't uh, to be seen. Um, this Warrior... Sorry? The, 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 the Dragons were meek and horrible, um, leaking 48 once again. Um, Steve, we touched on it on Friday. I, I, I hope some of the listeners took the lead. I just didn't think that six and a half looked right between these two teams. It was never close. Um, and as you allude to, the Warriors just keep ticking over under the radar. Um, what everybody misses with the Warriors is that's now their sixth away win. And that was their bugbear in the past. The other issue, or the other key positive about them is their defence. They sit top three in defence. And they work damn hard mm. in in, in defence. And if you're winning six away games and top three as the Warriors, it's not since the Ivan Cleary days who got them to a grand final that we've seen that type of quality. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, the juggernaut just keeps bouncing along. I mean, how good would it be to have the Warriors in, you know, in the finals this year? I mean, they're heading for, yeah. they're heading for it. So um, yep. they play a style and, of footy and, that is really entertaining and they're very hard to defend. And let's touch on their coach, Steve. You know, I mean, the guys bobbed around as an assistant coach and, and lower grade coach at, uh, at West Tigers and then at Warriors. I think he had a no, couple of stints elsewhere prior. Oh, sorry, and then the Panthers. Um, you know, some good due diligence done by the owner and the CEO to find him um, and that he looked like the right guy. He is a very, very good coach. You only have to look at the patterns of play what he's done with their defensive structure, what he's done in blooding a few key people, listen to him talk. Uh, he's got a very bright future and a long-term future as the Warriors coach. And um, it just shows you that there are quality assistants and others out there, whether they're in the NRL, whether they're coaching uh, New South Wales Cup or Queensland Cup or overseas. Unfortunately, we have this complete focus on recycled coaches um, and I can tell you that recycled coaches' results are horrible. They don't win competitions. Mm. Oh, well, that stands well for the Dragons then, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, well, it, it's, uh, we don't need to talk anymore about that game. Um, Saturday afternoon, really disappointing display by the Dolphins at home. Um, their first half, uh, I don't know, the poor Dolphins, they just look like they're tired, don't they? 
You know, yeah, and their depth is really getting tested now. Um, and yeah, the, they're, the they're, Eels look really good. They're mentally and physically uh, really weary. Um, you know, I think this is 44 at half time. Uh, I was really concerned we are going to end up seeing a, an 80-point game, which would not have been a good look. Um, you know, Bennett somehow arrested that at half time, um, got their attitude a little bit more back on track. I think the Eels took their foot off the gas. Uh, positive away win for them, and they, you know, they just keep ticking over. Uh, they're now nine wins from 16 games. Um, they've only had the one bye. Uh, they're certainly sitting in the eight right now, and um, uh, you know that's I think now six wins in a row. Yeah, I like the style of footy they're really playing this year too. I mean, a little bit different to last year, but you know, they it seems pretty seamless with the loss of Dylan Brown. I mean, well, just their I attack. think the other. Well, I think uh, this um, uh, Dijon Anasi has uh, really stepped up. He's playing some really good football. I think he's a, a good foil to work with Moses. I think the other key thing here is their coach, Brad Arthur, deserves a bit of a rap. He does. Um, with, with all of the player outs that they had and the quality of the player outs that they had in the offseason, he's slowly, week by week, and they had a tough draw to start the season and they had a couple of close losses. He's getting some really good uh, offering and effort and result out of some players. Now, Cartwright's been outstanding in the last four or five weeks. Hopgood. Hopgood, and and it's their effort attitude. It's not just the beautiful little offloads. It's all the hard work that they're doing in defence. He's he's doing a really good job this year, Brad Arthur. Saturday afternoon, if the Knights were going to get a win over the Panthers, it would have been on the... Last Saturday, I mean, the Panthers rested all their stars. Um, as Christian Welsh said in his press conference, how, how the hell didn't the Knights win that game? Panthers had no one. Well, they didn't. They yep. got beaten by 20 to 12. Um, again, guys filling the void for origin and injury, uh, namely guys like Jack Cogger having really good games. Um, pretty, you know, they only won by eight, but they were never going to lose it. It was never in, uh, in doubt, 20 but, to 12. Uh, let, let all go. Let all go. And completely um, had it in control. Um, there's no doubt that uh, O'Brien will not be coach of the Knights next year. Oh, really? That story's been, that story's been around for uh, probably three months. Uh, Michael Maguire and now Paul McGregor. Surprise. So, so you reckon Adam um, O'Brien, you're making the call, Jared. Adam O'Brien is gone. Absolutely. Yeah, yep, he's gone. Um, oh, I mean, okay. if your management are out there talking is that to the an right, interviewing... Is that the right decision? I mean, they, they've had a lot of close losses and they're playing a good brand of footy. Well, I, I think they've been up and down. I mean, I think it's the inconsistencies of that loss at home last week um, and then not being able to aim up against the very undermanned Panthers this week. But clearly they made that decision three or four months ago because they've been talking to other other coaches about who the replacement's going to be. So for whatever the reason, somebody at a management level had made that decision and they've been out there looking for a new coaching option. So Who, who would um, be responsible for that call at the Knights? Well, I think is, everything... Is that uh, sort of head, head of football, Peter Parr? Yeah, that's where I believe it all starts and stops. And you know, he's been given an open mantra by uh, the West board. Oh, okay. Um, Adam O'Brien, I mean, if we talk about, I mean, we had a bit of a rant on Friday about the impatience of clubs. What's he been there? This is, is this his fourth year? I think. I think it's going on that, yes. 
Yeah, so he has had a bit of time, I suppose, hasn't he? But I, it was a lot of... Uh, I think it might actually only be his third. So, yeah. um, and, you know, he, he took over a bit of a mess after Nathan Brown. Um, you know, he's also had uh, some issues that have constrained him with a uh, salary cap that was already in place. You know, they've had to move on and try and reshuffle some of the things that they've done with salary cap. You know, the guy that was responsible for all of that um, has left. Um, you know, so sometimes it's not all of his own doing. Um, but I think that, you know, that, that Broncos loss, that Panthers loss at home, and I think that poor effort against the Roosters at home two weeks ago, uh, you know, they're the sort of games that they should have been much better. Uh, Saturday night, uh, one coach that doesn't have an issue with his future, uh, Craig Bellamy, uh, 24-6 over the Seagulls. The Seagulls themselves seem to be doing a lot of rejigging on their roster. Um, talk or players, you know, going mid-season next year, coming and going, Schuster being shopped around to every, every man and his dog. Um, yeah, 24-6, pretty decisive. The Eagles were never in it. Yeah, and the, the, the Eagles make key errors in their own end with the football that just hand the opportunity back to the opposition. And they did that during this game. I mean, you know, they led 6-0. So they've then had 24 points put through them. But each of them was just, you know, a matter of the storm just being pressure and pressure yeah, a couple of really nice, attractive tries down their edges, but all of it came from opportunity and field position that was gifted to them by some really poor errors from the Eagles. Um, I, I think certainly the Eagles are going backwards. They're uh, not going to make the eight. Uh, they've got to finish the season without Turbo. There's potentially that they get Jake back this week. They're back at Brookvale. Very important game for them this week against the Roosters on Sunday. Um, but yeah, you know, they're really struggling now. I think that's six of their last eight that they've lost. Uh, Sunday, we had three games and they were all... I mean, Sunday was always being trumpeted as a really good afternoon of football. <clears throat> a really big crowd at Suncorp um, for a Sunday afternoon game. Broncos versus the Titans. Uh, I think you've passed on feedback uh, since Wednesday's uh, Wednesday, Thursday shock announcement um, on Holbrook being sacked, that there was a lot of people around the Titans set up that were very unhappy about that, including players. Um, yeah, very, yeah, very, yeah. Pop, very, very popular coach, and they came out and really stuck it to the Broncos. Yeah, listen, a blowback on Thursday and Friday to the club by um, some key supporters and stakeholders and I think some sponsors. There are a lot of people really disappointed, if not upset, um, was it was it more the and, fact of him being sacked or how it was done, Jared? I think the fact that he wasn't given until the end of the season, right, um, and that he was sacked now. Um, uh, the fact that um, they've had a you know, they've clearly had um, some poor results scattered around, some good results, uh, but he was finally starting to get his team back on the park because they had been knocked about with key injury outs. Um, and if we also put into the perspective, which some of those key stakeholders did, he took over a basket case. Mm. You know, they were an absolute mess, the, the crap that he was handed by Garth Brennan. And, you know, now into his fourth season, um, they've been in the semifinals once. Uh, we know that they can compete with the top-of-the-table teams, uh, trying to get experience around the right key roles and get his best on the park and then get the best out of them. This is a very good win, big bounce back for them. 
Um, up in Brisbane against, you know, a team that was all but at full strength in the Broncos. And they won fair and square. I think they probably could have picked up another one or two wins, uh, one or two tries in the game. Yeah, I think a few things to come out of this game. I think, number one, uh, Kevy's setting a really high bar for these Broncos and he and he's happy to do it publicly. Um, he was really, really peeved in the press conference with their performance. Um, so I think that's probably one thing that was noticeable. I think the other one is their fullback needs to pull his head in. Um, absolutely, yeah, uh, absolutely no doubt about the talent, how good he is. Love watching him, but I'm losing interest pretty quick when he wants to carry on like a pork chop uh, at the back end of Wednesday night's game. And some of the things he did yesterday, including, um, you know, having a real crack at the referee. I mean, he, he tried to back it up by saying, you know, I wasn't actually talking to the referee with the words that came out of his mouth. Well, if he's talking to opponents like that, yeah, Reese. No, he's just, he's, he's just behaving like a very immature big head with an enormous ego. And certainly not for the first time he needs um, an absolute kick up his backside. And his behaviour in both games has been really poor. And you're right, you know, he's, he looks such a talent and such a pleasure to watch. He just really needs to get his, his attitude in check. Um, interesting that at half time, Kevin Walters gave the Broncos a, a real bake and didn't necessarily get the response in the second half. He then gave them a bake after the game and was clearly um, along the same lines in his press conference. And what result he gets out of them this week, because the Broncos remain at, um, back in Brisbane. I think the game might actually be at the Gabba this week because we're about to go into the Women's World Cup games, but they play the Dolphins. And, you know, if the Dolphins struggling at the moment, does Walters get the type of result that he wants? Well, he might have Ben Hunt playing number nine by Sunday. Yeah, well. That'd be a big inclusion. Yeah. Uh, What a luxury. Yeah. Really good coaching performance, I think, the turnaround of this season by by the Cowboys now. Um, They've strung a couple of really good results together. Uh, Obviously, they've been getting key players back, Jared, after uh, after that belting that they got um, from uh, from the Tigers. Um, But they look they look now like they could sneak into the top eight, Um, and they're getting key guys back at the right time. Again, another side with an absolute top shelf fullback who is in sublime form, Scotty Drinkwater. He is really good to watch. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's got uh, uh, such beautiful balance and movement and a, and a right foot step. Um, he's in wonderful form. It's a, an amazing six-week period for both of these teams. You know, if we go back six weeks ago, the Rabbitohs were sitting in the top two at the top of the table. They're also in the top two in defence. They've now lost their four of their last five, and each of those losses and the one that they won – They've been conceding about 30 points a week. Um, no wonder they're in some trouble. And they've got this mid-season uh, rep period, uh, hippie-hippie shakes, where you know they've got Latrell Mitchell on the sideline. Um, you know, they've got a, a couple of other key blokes on the sideline. They haven't been able to get uh, all of the continuity around their starting 17 to 18 um, and then picking up some poor losses. And I thought their coach was very honest yesterday. He said their attitude... Uh, has been wrong. He said it wasn't about missing plays yesterday. Yet the Cowboys now have won five of their last six. Uh, and more importantly, this was a Sydney game on a away leg, which has been 
one of their Achilles heels and a rattle up 31 points at Homebush. Very good win for them. And they're just ticking away at climbing up the table. And, you know, on the NRL table at the moment, they sit 10th. But if you factor into that that they have only had one bye, uh, they're yeah, nipping at the mean, heels of yeah. being a, a semi-final chance. Gee, uh, I think um, if they have everyone on deck and they're playing, uh, you know, similar football to the last couple of weeks, like yesterday, that, that that game never looked in doubt pretty much from the opening five minutes. You don't want to be playing well, them I, at the bottom of the eight. I think the next two weeks, you know, the one of these games are going to have um, with their rep players missing, but they play the Tigers and the Sea Eagles, which we would expect that they can win both. Their run home is a little bit tough after that because they've got the Eels, they've got the Titans, they've got the Broncos, the Sharks, the Dolphins and the Panthers. Now, um, you'd probably give them at least two of those as wins. Um, I think if we go back uh, three weeks ago, they were $15 to make the eight. Now yeah, into right. about three bucks or less. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to think that they're a chance of, well, a legit chance of finishing that at the bottom of the eight. Well, and the key here again is that, you know, from uh, fourth down to uh, about 13th or 14th on the table, um, there's only a couple of wins separating them. So you've just got to keep maintaining wins. And as the Cowboys have by winning five of the last six, all of a sudden you're, you're uh, in the right spot of the table. Hmm. Next one, a club that cannot get out of their own way, Jared, the Roosters. Another loss against Ricky's Raiders. Uh, is their season well, done? Yep, you can put a fork in them and turn them over. They're cooked and they're burnt and they're gone. And uh, they are sitting, um, yeah, supposedly 12th on the table, but you know that's a little bit lopsided. But they just don't have points in them, and they're not um, they're not working. Uh, as a as a team, not everybody's on the same page. They've got people in the wrong positions. You know, they've now got their third string halfback playing seven and shouldering the blame there. Uh, yeah, they're, they're gone. You know, a, a good effort from the Raiders yesterday. The Raiders should be scoring more points. I really like their offload game and what they do with the football. It's just that final execution in the last 40 metres that they still don't get right. They create so much opportunity and they break up defence of opponents and they did that really well yesterday and they led from the outset, got uh, never headed, got looked a little close in the last five or so minutes but they were deserved winners and uh, I'm glad they hung on. Mm. What does it, What does he do there? I mean, you know, what would you be doing as a coach? Well, I think he's, I think he's made some mistakes with his roster. Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of internal angst and criticism about how he's managed Sam Walker. Um, he uh, was lodged the right guy. Well, he's now been let go. Uh, so he's got a bit of a makeover to do of his, his list. Um, you know, Brandon Smith is out injured at the moment, but certainly he wasn't working. Uh, uh, and, you know, some other issues around him fitting into the team earlier in the season. So I'm sure right now there's a long, hard look at their list into next season and um, who's on the bus and who's not on the bus, and um, they're a- a- avidly looking around the market. I mean, they did make some late interest uh, looking at Ben Hunt. Um, they've been sniffing around other players in the marketplace as they need to at the moment. So, yeah, key watch there, but um, 
Robinson's under a lot of pressure about how he turns this around in the next year. So we're moving into round 18 this weekend, Jared. Um, we've got one more Origin game to go, and then we're on, uh, you know, we're on the run into the finals. Uh, we've got Panthers, Broncos, Storm, Sharks, Warriors, Raiders, Eels, Rabbitohs is your top eight. Just outside the eight, we've got Titans, Cowboys, Dolphins. Don't know if you go any further down than that. What's the report card? Are we going to see any changes in that eight? Does the four remain as is? Well, I think it's interesting. If we if we look at that, Steve, when we go back a few weeks ago, we probably thought that the Dolphins and the Roosters and potentially the Seagulls were still challenges for the top eight. Well, the, you know, the Dolphins clearly have hit a massive speed bump. The Roosters, it's all over. The Seagulls, it's all over. Um that leaves the door ajar and open now for the likes of the Eels, um, the Raiders, uh, and potentially the Cowboys. Uh, so we've probably got nine, maybe ten that can fit into the eight. So we've got a really interesting run home. I've got to say at the top of the table, it's very difficult to look past the Panthers once again. I mean, they just look so balanced. I do want to see them up against a couple of key contenders in the next couple of weeks. And we see that this Friday night. They have to go to Melbourne up against the Storm. Um, their defence is perfect. It's a matter of whether they're going to have enough points in them against uh, the Broncos and against potentially the Rabbitohs if the Rabbitohs can get their season back balanced up. Uh, but right now, I would suggest that the, the key three are still the Panthers, then the Broncos, then the Rabbitohs if they get everybody on the park. And then potentially, I think the storm. Okay, so we once we uh, work out where Woody's been traded to, and we buy him back for the podcast, we will ask him on Thursday. Barnsey, when he gets out of uh, his ongoing camps with Eddie, will be questioned. But right now, who is your winner for the comp, Jared? Uh, if I had to back somebody this week, Steve, uh, I'd be backing probably the Panthers. Yeah, they look good, don't they? They're just defensively so strong. And who would yeah, be? Who do you think would be the at this stage? Who would be the grand finalists? Well, I think right now you'd have to suggest the Panthers Broncos. You know, we know it's a key advantage sitting top two, and then it comes into uh, how strongly you are at defence. But you know, the Panthers were seven, 18 weeks into the season, and they're only conceding twelve a week. Mm. It's just outstanding. And you know, they they, they bring in. All those other players for the last couple of weeks um, win one well, uh, sorry, and win two out of their last three games. And again, um, on the back of outstanding defence, even with four or five of their rep players and Nathan Cleary sitting on the sidelines. Okay, and the last question, and I don't want the answer. You can have a think about it by Thursday. Who's going to win the spoon? Goodbye. Catch you on Thursday. See you, Steve. Smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. (laughs)